0: Right, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the pod. Y'all know what to do. Um, today we got a couple topics to talk about. Again, I know every podcast literally is just this is basically a Brooklyn Nets podcast at this point. Every single podcast I talk about the Brooklyn Nets for what feels like an extended period of time, and that's gonna be no different this pod. So I'm sorry about that, but you know, new stuff is 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 coming up. Um, the trade deadlines are like a week or so. We're gonna talk about who should be making moves. Um And a couple interesting things I saw on Twitter. But the first thing I'm going to be talking about is something my friend Will asked me to talk about. So we obviously in the PlayStation parties, we all love basketball. We all watch hoops together. We all talk about hoops together. And the GOAT debate has come up a couple times. Um, They all think Jordan's the GOAT. And, and I try to argue to them that LeBron is the GOAT. And the best way I would summarize my debate, right, is that is that I want LeBron to be the goat. Like in the back of the in the back of my head, I know that Jordan is still the goat. I know that Jordan's still the goat. I'm not an idiot. But I really, 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 really want LeBron to be the goat so I can well for two reasons. One, so that I can just enjoy his greatness without having to rival it against anybody. And two so that I can say, you know, I watched the GOAT play. I watched the GOAT win championships. I watched the GOAT do this. I watched the GOAT do that, you know? I think that would be really cool to be able to say. So I think that definitely persuades my judgment, which obviously is 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 not good. But overall, my, my main argument for LeBron is the fact that this man has gone to 10 finals. This man brought a team to the finals that was ter- like a bad team to the finals in 07, when he should have been a senior in college, right? Like, Michael Jordan's team in his second year won, what, 33 games? They made the playoffs. Yeah, he dropped 60 on the Celtics, but he still fucking lost. It doesn't matter how well you play. You lost. I don't give a damn you dropped 60 on Larry Bird, one of the greatest Celtics teams of all time. You lost, homie. You lost. Who gives a fuck? They didn't even win that game. Jordan had, like, what, 66 points, and they still lost the game. LeBron, in what would have been his senior year of college, brought a team to the finals and had to play against one of the greatest dynasties of the past two decades. So, and not to mention that 07 season, I mean, look at that Pistons series. Look at look at the game that went to, to double OT against the Pistons. Yeah, that Pistons team obviously wasn't the one from 04 that won the championship, but they were still, they still had, what, they still had Billups, they still had Sheed, they would never been Ben Wallace anymore. They still had Rip Hamilton. They still had um Torian Prince. They still had a lot of the pieces that were there. Obviously, it was not the same team. It wasn't. I'm not going to argue that it was, but it was still there. I think that 07, just finals appearance in itself was extremely impressive. 2011, I have no excuses for 2011 because LeBron's a bum for 2011. Same with 2010, really, because it should have been Kobe and LeBron in the finals. But then the damn Celtics ended up in the finals. I know. What? Am I tripping? Was it 2010? It was either 2009 or 2010 that it was supposed... It was 2009. Because the Magic ended up in the finals when it sh- was supposed to be a LeBron and Kobe. Right? That was supposed to be the finals. It was 2009. But we never got a LeBron and Kobe finals because LeBron disappointed in 2009 finals. 2012 and 2013, he obviously won a championship. Both years. Um, 2014... You know, Dwyane Wade started to show his age. Dwayne Wade started to show his age. You can look at LeBron's stats and say that he played well that series. That's kind of misleading because a lot of his points and a lot of his, like, impressive scoring stats came in kind of scrub time when the games were put away. Because the Spurs just blew them out 4-1 that series. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I want, I don't know what to say about the 2014 finals. Obviously, what helped Dwayne Wade was Dwayne Wade. But Dwayne Wade was not Dwayne Wade at that point. So LeBron can only do so much, you know, against a, a very, very good Spurs team. You know, 2014 Spurs was on a vengeance. They needed that championship. They wanted that championship. Um, 2015, that man almost damn near won a championship by himself. 2015, I will I will still sit here and say LeBron is every finals MVP. 2015 is the reason that I love LeBron James. 2016... A lot of things went lucky for him, but he still came out from 3-1. Um, and then 2020, he won that championship. 2017, 2018, don't even count to me. Don't even count to me. Right, the eight straight finals is an amazing statistic to me. It's an amazing statistic to me, in my opinion, because, you know, and a lot of people, because you're making you're making the finals eight years in a row. Eight years in a row. The first championship and the last championship of the decade of the entire decade, the only ones that didn't include LeBron James in there. I think that's fucking crazy. 2011 to 2018, LeBron was there. You have to go through LeBron to win a championship. I think that's absolutely absurd, right? And um, a lot of people say, well, the Eastern Conference was weak. And while that may be true for some of the years, I don't think it's true for all the years. I think it's true for some of those years. Are we really faulting him for meeting expectations then? Are we now faulting a player for meeting expectations? Are we really, really faulting LeBron for meeting expectations? If you're going to sit here and argue, well, the Eastern Conference is weak, all eight of those years, that's one, objectively false. And two, that's a bullshit argument to me. Okay, so now we're ragging on him for meeting expectations. Now we're ragging on him for doing what he was supposed to do. Imagine if he lost to one of them Raptors teams in the Eastern Conference Finals. Imagine what we'd be saying about him. Are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying LeBron James individually is the greatest player of all time. I believe that Michael Jordan had the greatest career of all time. He has the career that you want. You go through adversity and then you just fucking dominate. And you could argue, you really genuinely could argue that from 2007, like there's an argument. There's an argument from 2000, I don't know 2007, but 2009 until still this season that LeBron James is the best player in the league. 13 years. 13 years. He has been close to unequivocally the best player in the league. That's fucking crazy to me. He has been to the finals in three different decades. Three different decades he's been to the finals. The longevity, but also he's way more of a complete player than Jordan. He's so much more of a complete player. The greatest of all time means that he does the most, right? LeBron is a far better playmaker than Jordan never was. Jordan, I'll give Jordan defensively, but LeBron in his prime was was no dog defensive. LeBron in his prime has argument for defensive player of the year twice. 2009 he could have won it. I think he came in second place in 2009. And then 2013 he should have had it, but Marcus Gasol somehow won defensive player of the year and didn't even make first team all defense. The fuck? LeBron James is 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 to me, if you look at it in a complete picture, and I think that that it will take him retiring for some people to realize his greatness. I think LeBron is the greatest player of all time. I want him to be the greatest player of all time. In the back of my head, LeBron's finals record really starts to to rag on me, even though you can argue that three of those six losses are hardly his fault. No, four of those six losses are hardly his fault. 2015, 2017, 2018 are hardly his fault. and You can argue that 2014 is hardly his fault. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Jordan and LeBron as physical players by themselves, the, the argument between them is very close. I think at the end of the day, it's it's about rings at this point. It's about rings. If LeBron wins six rings, to me, it's unequivocal. You can't argue it anymore. Especially if it comes on a 3 peak here with the Lakers. I don't think it will. I'm really starting to doubt that it will just because if Brooklyn doesn't win the championship next year, they're garbage. Like, there's something wrong. I think Brooklyn's gonna win the championship this year and next year. I have Brooklyn repeating as champs. Just because, you know, that's too much firepower for LeBron to deal with. Um but overall, like I just think damn, you know, LeBron is 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 really great, right? Because I don't mean to knock Jordan. I don't mean to knock his accomplishments. Because two, Pete's Like, I don't think we appreciate that enough. This man took two years off. He took a year and a half off of basketball. And then just won three straight titles again. Like, it was fucking nothing. That's crazy. That's insane. That is insane to think about. That he was just like, eh, yeah, I'm going to retire. I'm going to go play baseball. And then he came back. Yeah, he lost the 95 Magic. Whatever. One of my favorite teams of all time, by the way. Shout out Anthony. <laughs> but... He came back and then just won three straight titles like it was nothing. And I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's really good at basketball. But let's be honest, man. Jordan never went through a proven dynasty like the Spurs. Yeah, he went through the Jazz, who were really good. But he didn't have to go through proven championship teams in order to, you know, really win. He went through uh, uh, an old-ass Lakers team. He went through an old-ass Lakers team. Um, he eventually beat the Pistons after three tries. After no, what was he, 0 for 2 against the Pistons, then he beat them? Like, LeBron, I think LeBron's finals competition has been a little bit more difficult. Um, just simply because he has to play against the fucking Kevin Durant Warriors, right? Like, he just has had a bit more, I think LeBron has faced more adversity in his career than Michael Jordan has. I actually think that that that's not, that shouldn't even be an unpopular opinion. That's that's a fact. Because LeBron's entire career has been fucking compared to Jordan. He was the chosen one coming out of high school. This man has faced adversity at every single turn. Anytime LeBron slips up, he gets criticized for it. LeBron is one of the most criticized players in NBA history, if not the most. And yeah, when Jordan came out, they were like, a guard can't dominate the league, and he proved them wrong. But Jordan was nearly, not as nearly you know, um, doubted as much as LeBron is. But to sum it up to Will, I guess, speaking directly to him, the reason that LeBron's the GOAT to me is that, first of all, being 4-6 and six in the finals to me is a bit more impressive than being 6-0, right? Because I think that there's a lot more value in getting there. There is a lot more value in getting there, especially getting there eight years in a row. That's crazy. Getting there in three different decades. I would say his his accomplishments in the playoffs – his even his regular season accomplishments, um and the fact that he's more a more complete player than Jordan would be my main thing. And the longevity. So longevity, his finals record to me is a positive, not a negative, and the fact that he as an individual player is more a complete player than Jordan is. Or Jordan was. So that would be my summary to Will. But um you know, if, if, if we are really to get into the grit and grind of it, I, I, I still probably taking Jordan as the GOAT. Honestly, I really want LeBron to be the GOAT. I really want LeBron to be the GOAT, but I don't know if he is. I really don't know. I can't say unequivocally right now that he is the GOAT, which sucks. But that's enough talk Um, about LeBron and Jordan and the GOAT, because who gives a shit about that? Um, here, we'll talk about, I'm gonna talk about this super quick, because this can actually transition into something. We'll talk about the Nets last, because I always talk about the Nets. I saw something on Twitter the other day, right? And it was, who is, who would you rather have on your team right now? Tyler Hero or RJ Barrett? And it was weird, because immediately off the bat, I thought, Tyler Hero, obviously. Tyler Hero's the scorer, he's the one that had the big playoff run, he just went to the finals. And then I, like, took a second, and I was like, Wait, what? Am I tripping? It's R. J. Barrett without a like. It's R. J. Barrett by a wide margin, all right? Tyler Hero is a scorer, but R. J. Barrett is a scorer and a defender. R. J. Barrett shooting like forty percent from three. R. J. Barrett doing the most right now in New York, and I just thought it was very interesting, right? We talked about it in the PlayStation party with the guys, and and obviously we all we all picked R. J. Barrett, right? And I think it was my friend Colin who. He's a huge Tyler Hero guy. He's a huge Tyler Hero fan. He was like, if I'm a contender, though, I'm taking Tyler Hero. And I was like, well, yeah, that's a good point because, you know, Tyler's more of a scorer. He's more of a role player off the bench that can get you a bucket when you need it. You know, Tyler's a hooper. Um, But I thought it was very interesting just because sometimes us as NBA fans, we we let the name of a player crowd our judgment and, and mull our judgment sometimes, right? Because I'm sure more people know who Tyler Hero is than R.J. Barrett is. You know what I'm saying? Like like if you hear those two names, you think, oh, one of them went to the finals. He dropped a bunch of points on the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. He got the song with Jack Harlow. And one of them's, oh, the third pick that ain't Zion, isn't John Morant. You know what I'm saying? You know, he was kind of – R.J. Barrett was pretty much the consolation prize for the lottery that year. You look at Knicks fans, they're like, oh, you got R.J. Barrett, and they're like, I don't want R.J. Barrett, I want John Morant, I want Zion Williamson, you know what I'm saying? So, I think that that, you know, name recognition really does a lot. I mean, Giannis, I think it was in like 2016, it was in 2016 or 2017, it was before Giannis won back-to-back MVPs, he was like, hey, if I had a different name that was easier to pronounce, y'all would know who I am you know this this name recognition thing in the league really hurts certain players certain players don't get the rep that they deserve because they don't have the name and they don't have, you know, the recognition that other players are getting you know because they're out there and they and people know the name um i'm trying to think of an example i can't think of an example of that off rep honestly but I'm sure if I looked into it more, I could. I just thought that uh, that was an interesting debate. Because R.J. Barrett is just like unequivocally so much better than Tyler Hero. But Tyler Hero is more popular. Tyler Hero is more loved. Tyler Hero gets more praise when he does well. You know? I've seen that Tyler Hero clip of him hitting the game-winning three against the Sixers. I've seen that clip more times in my life. That one clip than I have seen of any kind of R.J. Barrett clips ever. You know, Tyler Hero is like three highlights that I've seen in my life, way more than any R.J. Barrett highlights ever. I just thought that was an interesting debate and and, an interesting outlook on how sometimes our perceptions are molded by name recognition instead of skill, instead of what it really should be. That we sometimes tend to be biased towards players that we are told to love, you know? Um, but speaking of Tyler Hero as a whole, I wanna talk about the Miami Heat. Because the Heat are back. The Heat are back, baby. And damn it, they are scary. And yeah, the Heat are great. I love Bam Adebayo. I love Goran Jake I'm a, you know, this the Heat are probably my second or third favorite team. Um But I just wanted to talk about because Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, right? Jimmy Butler is one of the most interesting players in the league to me. Not only his story, you know, being homeless as a kid, Juco, Marquette, um, last pick in the first round, working his way up through Tibbs, going to Chicago, Chicago saying, hey, he ain't going to get better, him going to Minnesota, Minnesota calling him a cancer, shipping him off to Philly, Philly saying, hey, if you can control Jimmy, then we'll be fine. Because he had the blow-ups with, you know, Brett Brown, this and that. They had to change the offense, all this shit. Because Brett Brown was incompetent. We learned that later. But then Jimmy went to Miami. And Miami let Jimmy be Jimmy. And he took them to the finals. Like, Jimmy Butler. Because uh, Kenny Kenny was talking about this on his call game segment last night. About how Jimmy Butler has a case for MVP. But he also doesn't have a case for MVP, right? Jimmy Butler has a case for MVP because he is the most valuable player. He is one of the most valuable players to a team. When we're talking about if you were to take one player away from the team, how poorly the team would perform without that player, you have your Steph Currys. You have your LeBron James. Um, Right now in the league, I would put... Yeah, I put Jason Tatum up there too. Because the Celtics are some ass without Jason Tatum sometimes, man. Um I, I, actually I would put Marcus Smart up there because the Celtics suck without Marcus Smart. Fuck Jason Tatum. The Celtics are terrible without Marcus Smart. We saw that. Um the Timberwolves without Cat, even though the Timberwolves are still terrible. Um I mean, Harden never missed time when he was with the Rockets, but he was one of those players. Russell Westbrook with the Thunder, his MVP year. Like, if you took this player away from this team, this team would be hot ass. Giannis with the Bucks right now. Joel Embiid with the Sixers right now. Like, this team is just not what it is without this individual player. Jimmy Butler is probably the guy I would put third on that list. Number one would be Steph Curry. Number one, unequivocally, is Steph Curry to me. Number two is LeBron James. And number three is Jimmy Butler for me. And... I think that's so interesting because Jimmy Butler, is he like, to anyone who's listening, is Jimmy Butler a top 10 player to you? Is Jimmy Butler in your top 10? I'm sure some of you are saying yes because you recognize his greatness, but I'm, I'm saying a good amount of you are saying no, a good amount of you are saying no, he's not in my top 10. He's in my top 15, but he's not in my top 10. Like right now, Jimmy Butler is so much better than Jason Tatum. He's so much better than Jason Tatum. Like, uh, to me, if Jason Tatum could get to the level that Jimmy Butler is at right now, I would be so happy. If Jason Tatum's apex is what Jimmy Butler is right now, that would be amazing. Because Jimmy Butler is a guy that, that a lot like Tatum, he doesn't consistently score. But the difference between Tatum and Butler is that Jimmy Butler affects the game in so many different ways. Right, He affects so many facets of the game that it doesn't matter if he's not scoring, he's still having an extreme impact on your team. He is still going to contribute to winning basketball, regardless of whether or not Jimmy Butler is scoring the ball. Also, Jimmy Butler is like one of the best closers in the league. man. Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard are like the three best closers in the league this year. Honestly, at least as a, from a fan's perspective. I don't know if stats back me up on that. I don't give a shit. From watching games... Watching Suns game, watching Heat game, watching Blazers games. Those are the three best closers in the league right now. Jimmy Butler is just a bona fide superstar in this league. He is. Which is weird because he doesn't really fit the, the superstar mold, right? Superstar is someone who, in at least my opinion, is can be the number one option on a championship roster. And Jimmy Butler was pretty close to that. I don't know if he is necessarily, but he was damn close to it. I just don't think that... The NBA fans as a whole appreciate the greatness that is Jimmy Butler. Because to me, what separates an all-star from a star in this league is down the stretch of a game. When your team has gone cold, who can get you a bucket? There's guys that can do that. Luke is that guy, Kawhi's that guy, LeBron's that guy, Steph's that guy, KD's that guy, Harden's that guy. Jimmy Butler is that guy. It doesn't matter how ice cold his team is shooting. Jimmy Butler can get you a bucket, whether it's from the free throw line, whether it's from three, he can hit them threes, he hits clutch threes, whether it's that dribble pull up, that little mid-range he got going, he can drive to the hoop, finish with the best of them, Jimmy Butler is that guy, right, that's why, I, that's the growth I want to see out of Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum to me is one of the most overrated young players in this league, he is, I I and I'll catch shit from that, from Celtics fans, I if the guys that I'm, hanging out with, listening to this podcast, i catch shit with that from them. But right now, Jason Tatum is so far from what he should be, in my opinion, and so far from the player that people perceive him to be. Like, Jason Tatum is, at the end of the day, a glory. Like, he's a really good, difficult shot maker. He's a really good, difficult shot maker. But when those difficult shots are not falling, he is not not a good player. He is not a good player. He's a liability to our team when his shots are falling. Yeah, he's a great defender, don't get me wrong. And his, his playmaking has elevated in the past couple of years. But if Jason Tatum's not scoring the ball, he's not really helping our team that much. Which sucks. Because it seems, like, it seems like Jason Tatum is more willing to play defense when his shots are falling. Which is kind of like, if you play basketball, you know that's true. If I go down court and I hit back-to-back threes, I want to clamp harder so I can get back on offense and hit more shots. So it seems like Jason Tatum has that mentality, which is frustrating. Jimmy Butler doesn't have that damn mentality. You know, and and at the end of the day, Jimmy Butler is is just that guy, right? Jason Tatum is is, is he's close, he's not quite there because when the Celtics go cold, so does Jason Tatum. Rarely is it Jason Tatum that pulls us up when we're down. Jason Tatum wasn't the one pulling us up when we were down against the Heat. Jimmy Butler was the one pulling the Heat up when they were down against us. You know? It's how it would go. It's the law of percentage. It has never failed me. It has yet to fail me. We would go up big in the third quarter. We would be hitting all of our shots. And then the fourth quarter we would hit. We would go ice cold. And the Heat would start hitting their shots. And the Heat would win the fucking game. And Jason Tate wouldn't be able to do shit. You know? I just want to... And That ramble probably made no sense. I feel like nothing I say on this podcast ends up making any sense. I feel like I just say a whole lot of nothing and then just kind of make it a podcast episode. But Jimmy Butler is just a guy to me that is underrated in the league because people don't recognize just how great he is and just how special he is. Like Jimmy Butler to me, and this this isn't an exactly like comp example. This isn't a great example. But. The same way that like guys like Gilbert Arenas or Rasheed Wallace or uh, I mean even Rip Hamilton to an an extent, um, Jerry Stackhouse like different guys that were just really fucking good in their time, but people never really talk about them. They're kind of forgotten gems of history. Jimmy Butler reminds me as one of those those guys, you know, 20 years down the road. And when, when my kid is starting to get into basketball, I'll be like, "Nah, let me tell you about this boy, Jimmy Butler, because he's different. You know, I feel like Jimmy Butler may be forgotten by history, which is unfortunate because right now Jimmy Butler's resume is not really a hall of fame resume. And if you don't get that, you know, enshrinement, it's it's difficult to be remembered by history. But that's enough heat talk for now. That's enough Jimmy Boulder talk. I just wanna gush about Jimmy Boulder for a little bit because the heat are starting to get back on track and they deserve, you know, all the flowers in the world for doing so. But hey, so are my Celtics. Ken playing well. What can I say? Um but the last topic that I wanted to talk about, I feel like actually no, there's there's two more. So, damn, we are already running 24 minutes. All right, I'll try to make it quick. Um, teams that I want to see make a move during this, um, during trade deadline. Basically, it's just the contenders. I don't know what teams should be selling. I don't know if there are, are any teams that should be selling. Because it seems like Vucevic doesn't want to leave Orlando. So, I don't know what they would do. I, I mean, Danny Ainge is showing interest. Multiple first-round picks for Jeremy Grant. We don't fucking need Jeremy Grant. We don't. Why the hell would we bring Jeremy Grant here to be the third option? He was just like the fourth option in Denver and left because he didn't want to be the fourth option. Unless we're unless we're getting rid of Kemba Walker and we're bringing in Jeremy Grant, I don't want that. I don't want that on my team because Jeremy's not going to be happy here. He's gonna he wants to be the guy somewhere. So I don't know why we were say for Jeremy Grant. <sighs> Excuse me. Oh. There have been a lot of rumors about Kevin Love. I don't know who the hell is trading for Kevin Love. Same with Andre Drummond. Who's giving up capital for Andre Drummond? And it's unlikely that Andre Drummond gets bought out because of his contract size. I mean, it it, it can happen because Blake Griffin got bought out, but I think it's unlikely that Andre Drummond gets bought out. And then the last one. If someone, if someone trades for Victor Oladipo, I'm going to clown the hell out of that team. Victor Oladipo turned down like $20 million a year from both the Pacers and the Rockets because he wants to go to Miami. So if any of the other 28 teams in the league that aren't named the Miami Heat trade for him, they are a bunch of idiots because he's just going to leave in free agency. Even if, if the Heat trade for him, they're idiots because he's, just, he's going to you guys in free agency. Why the fuck give up capital for him? I don't think he's changing his mind. He's, he's left multiple $20 million a year contracts on the table to come to Miami. So, I don't know. I, I want to see teams like the Nuggets make a move. I want to see the Lakers make a move. I would love to see the Clippers get a point guard. I would love to see my Celtics make a move. I would love to see the Sixers to make a move, the Bucs to make a move, even the Nets to make a move. The problem is there aren't a ton of players that you can make a move for this year. So, it'll be interesting to see what teams do, to see if anything, because I could, I could easily see this trade deadline pass with nothing happening. And then the buyout market turns out to be you know, what separates the men from the boys. So we'll see. This This trade deadline whew, whew, is going to be very interesting. Um, last topic today, we're going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets, And this will probably be the title of the episode, whether or not the Brooklyn Nets are a super team. Right? Because B-Souls made a video about this. Rusty made a video about this. Dom2K talked about this in a video I watched. I kid you not an hour ago. First of all, fuck you, Kyrie Irving. Because I, I every day that I watch the Nets play, I miss Kyrie Irving so much. The fact that Kyrie Irving can just dribble up court and pull up for three, and it feels like it goes in every time, makes me so sad as a Celtics fan. I miss that kid so I miss Kyrie Irving so much. I miss him so <laughs> I miss Kyrie Irving so much. I just, I can't. And Kyrie, Kyrie's favorite thing to do is fuck up the Celtics. That's The first thing in my notes is Kyrie loves to fuck up the Celtics. Because of his mentality, he has something to prove against us, so he loves to fuck us up. But to speak on the Nets as a whole more, right? B-Souls made a video basically being like, the same people that are calling the Nets a super team are also saying that the Lakers are the favorite to win a championship. So can a team technically be a super team without being championship favorites? and i to that question i would say well your logic is flawed from the beginning because the people that are saying the nets are a super team but are picking the lakers to win the championship are idiots who the hell doesn't have the the nets as their championship favorite right now who a casual like who the fuck does not have the lakers as or, sorry the nets as their favorite right now because what was the big question coming into this this formation of the big 3 can they play defense? They're middle of the pack defensively now. It's over for the league. You know, if this Nets team can get 20 stops a game, it's oh it's over. It's completely over. And I also think it's unfair because Rusty, I didn't watch Rusty's video, I'm gonna be completely honest. I turned it on, I realized what he was talking about. I was like, man, fuck this. I don't care anymore. I don't want to hear B Souls' video again. Rusty has a has a habit of that. But <sighs> B Souls. Basically, compared the Brooklyn Nets big three right now to uh, big threes of the past and super teams, of the quote-unquote super teams of the past. And I don't think that that's fair. This Brooklyn Nets super team is is one that is unprecedented. We have never seen a team like this before in our life, in NBA history. Right? If you go back, look at the 08 Celtics. Ray Allen, a passable defender. I don't really know. I was a fucking watching Ray Allen film. Paul Pierce, a really good defender. Kevin Garnett, Defensive Player of the Year caliber guy. Look at the 2011 Heat. Chris Bosh, two-way player. Dwayne Wade, one of the best defensive guards in the league. LeBron James, a guy who had a case for Defensive Player of the Year from 2009 two thousand thirteen. Right? Anytime that we've had big threes formed, there has been a sense of two-way players to it. There has been a sense of, you know, they can get a stop. They can also get a bucket. We have never seen... A big three that has been strictly offense. Even in 2012, that failed Lakers team. Dwight Howard was a two-way player. Kobe was still a two-way player. Even if you want to argue that the, the, the 96 Bulls were a super team. Rodman, two-way player. Eh, Rodman, defensive anchor. <laughs> Pippen, two-way player. Jordan, two-way player. Uh, Rod Harper, two-way player. You know, if you look back at a lot of the famous quote-unquote super teams in history, they have two-way players. This Nets team does not have this. This Nets team is is unmatched. This Nets team is the first offensive juggernaut that we have seen. A team that their goal is to outscore you, not beat you. Their goal is just to outscore you. So to compare them to other super teams, I think it's foolish. I can get short-sighted. Because it's not giving this Nets team due credit. Right? Because before with formed big threes, even LeBron in 2015 with the Cavs, if you want to call that a super team, even though most people don't, it was still a big three, right? There was always one guy that was definitely going to take a back seat. This is the first time that we have ever seen a big three where we didn't know who the fuck was going to take the back seat. We didn't. That was a serious question, is whether or not someone could take the back seat. And everyone, in my opinion, I thought Kyrie Irving would take the back seat just because he's the worst one out there, like out of the three of them, he's the worst, but it's been Harden, Harden, who arguably is the best one out there, has been the worst, has been the one to take a step up, but I just thought that that was an interesting, I thought it was a very like stupid take, that the Nets are not a super team because they're not favored to win a championship, were the 2012 Lakers favored to win a championship, I don't think so. But, I mean, the 2012 Lakers were not a super team because Steve Nash was tr- trash at that point. But overall, like, this this argument that Arden, that's a super team is kind of stupid to me. Because you have, so you have three of the top 15 players in the league, but you're not a super team? You have three guys that are, at, at the minimum, top three at their position. Right? Kyrie Irving's probably the third best point guard in the league this year. James Harden is the best shooting guard in the league. I'm forgetting someone. Kevin Durant's the second best small forward in the league. So who the shit is beating a team that has three players that are top three at their position? Like, to sit here and say that they're not a super team, I think is so short-sighted. Right? And if the Nets won a championship this year, how are they not a super team? Look at the, the 2011 Heat didn't win a championship in their first year. But they're considered, you know, the definition of a super team. How would the how would the Nets not be a super team? The Nets to me are my championship favorite. I said this in the last pod. But to argue that even if they aren't your championship favorite, they're still a super team. Right? There are holes on this team because of the way that they have been constructed. Right? So 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 you're telling me that the, the Nets right now are not a super team, but But next year, if they were to get perimeter defenders and a paint defender, now they're a super team. All of a sudden, now they're a super team. How the hell does that make any sense? So because they signed a bunch of vets on a minimum, they're a super team now. That makes zero sense to me. 2011 Heat were not a deep team at all. 2011 Heat had holes in their game. Joel Anthony was starting to center for them, right? But they were still a fucking super team. So to argue that the Nets are not a super team, I think it's really stupid. And again... NBA YouTube has this problem. It has this problem in it that I believe. As a guy who watches a lot of the big figures of NBA YouTube, it has a problem. Where um, NBA YouTubers will see a popular opinion on Twitter. They'll see a popular opinion in mainstream media. They'll see a popular opinion somewhere and feel the need to, quote, unquote, debunk this opinion and prove why it's wrong and why it's not complete picture you know, Legend of Winning is a huge guy that loves to do this. be souls is another guy who loves to do it. And I could create, like I created um, a blast episode on Legend of Winning, I could create a blast episode on Be souls so easily right now. Because his content has fallen off a fucking cliff. He has face planted these last couple of months, in my opinion. Um, But... Yeah, I just think – I think that, that arguing that the Nets are not a super team is really stupid. It's really fucking stupid because I think that they're overanalyzing what a super team is. You know, Souls was like – Rusty was like, you have to have two superstars and another all-star and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like – to me, a super team is you know one when you see one. You know one when you see one. There's no set-in-stone definition for a super team. You know one when you see one. 2015 Warriors are not a super team. 2016 Warriors are not a super team. But the 2017 Warriors were. Whatever. I don't know if that tangent made any sense, but. Oh my. Is ESPN advertising Nets Knicks? Oh my. What'd I sell? Alright, well, I'm getting off. Um, This pod was a little bit longer. Sorry about that runtime. But thank you so much for listening. Tweet at me at the Three D Podcast. If there are certain topics you want me to discuss, certain things you want me to cover that I didn't cover. Maybe I did talk about your team because I literally talked about three teams this podcast. Um, Just let me know. I can cover it. I can do what y'all need. And thank you for listening. Peace.